Hi, everybody. Sean again from Between Two Ravens, a Norse mythology podcast with Sean and David. This episode of this week, uh, which is going to be called The Saga of the Greenlanders, is also going to be part of what is now known as the Vinland Sagas. Last week, we discussed the saga of Eric the Red and uh, his adventures. And this week, we're going to do a similar but somewhat different story of the same events called The Saga of the Greenlanders. Um, which detail the Norse settlers and, uh, you know, their initial colonization of Greenland and then their curiosity mixed with a little bit of bad weather driving them off course until they land in North America and then have some run-ins with the native population there. So to summarize from last week, Eric the Red and his father were banished from Norway for killing people and they went to Iceland and he killed more people in a blood feud. The blood feud actually led to all-out war between these uh, tribes He was then banished from Iceland and explored the previously heard of lands to the west. He landed on Greenland and set up a settlement. He came back to tell the Icelanders of, quote, Greenland, a place that he named to entice more people to come to the land. So eventually, a man named Thjörbjörn Vifilsson decided to go to Greenland with his daughter Gudrid. Thjörbjörn previously fought with Eric during the blood feud, so they were good buddies. Eric had children named Thorstein Eriksson, Leif Eriksson, and Freydis Eriksdotter. Leif Eriksson served King Olaf Tryggvason of Norway. King Olaf asked Leif to convert Greenland to Christianity from paganism. After saving a shipwrecked crew and showing his kindness in doing so, Greenland converted to Christianity and Leif became known as Leif the Lucky. On that same journey, however, Leif got lost at sea and found a strange new land where self-sown wheat and grapevines grew. The Greenlanders of this time grew curious of the new land to the west. So the previously mentioned Gudrid, who was the daughter of Thjörbjörn, married Thorstein Eriksson. However, Thorstein ended up dying of sickness, and then Gudrid went to stay with his father Eric, again in Greenland. Then a man named Thorfinn Karlsefni, and I want to apologize, I think last week I also called him Thorstein or Thorsten Karlsefni, but the man's name is Thorfinn Karlsefni. For the most part, we just called him Karlsefni, as the text does. So Karlsefni arrived in Greenland. He won favor with Eric, and Eric eventually agreed for Thorfinn Karlsefni to marry the widow Gudrid, so his daughter-in-law. Karlsefni then gathered a few willing leaders and set up an expedition to the land that Leif previously found in North America. The expedition found many lands, um, and they surveyed them on the way until they found a place to settle themselves. They experienced some hardships and sickness for a bit, but after good old thoughts and prayers, the hardships passed, until the natives arrived. The Native Americans appeared and set up trading relations with the Norse, which did work for a bit. However, one day a bull that belonged to the Norse got loose and frightened the natives. And when the natives returned, there was a battle. And I made a joke in my mind that the bull that the Norse uh, brought was a, a descendant of the primordial cow of Thumla, who was there during the creation of the cosmos. So the Norse were being defeated in this battle between Vikings and Native Americans, and they were forced to sound the retreat. However, a pregnant Freydis Eriksdotter save the day by banging a sword up against her exposed breast, which frightens the natives away. After this, the Norse decided to go home back to Greenland because they ha- they've they had it with the New World. Some other shit 
did happen on the way back. However, they were able to make it back. Carl Stephanie and Gudrid's descendants lived great lives and were very well respected. Eventually, many of them down the line became bishops that eventually lived around the time the actual saga was made. So that was the that was the saga of Eric the Red, a very brief summary. And the bishops that are mentioned are supposedly known to the author of the Vinland sagas. And the, the Vinland sagas were written in the uh, 13th century, so in the 1200s. These events take place in the mid to late 900s to the early to mid 11th century, so the thousands. So again, they're being written like about 200 years after they've uh, taken place. The other part of the Vinland saga, as I mentioned, which is going to be for this episode, is the saga of the Greenlanders. Unlike Eric the Red Saga, which was 14 chapters, the saga of the Greenlanders is going to be eight, so it might be a little bit quicker. So chapter one, Herjolf was the son of Bard Herjolfsson and a kinsman of Ingolf, the settler of Iceland. If you know much about the settlement of Iceland, there is a man named Ingolfur Arnolfsson. He was supposedly the first settler of Iceland. So Ingolf gave Herjolf the land between Vog and Reykens. Herjolf's wife was Thorgerd, and their son was named Bjarni. Bjarni was a promising young man who, when he grew up, became wealthy and had his own ship he used to go on trade voyages. When Bjarni was in Norway, Herjolf decided to go with Eric the Red to Greenland and left his farm. There was a Scottish Christian on the voyage with him. Herjolf arrived and farmed at Herjolfness, which he called Herjolf's Point, Eric farms at Bradahlids, which we discussed last week, and I want to apologize. I think I called it Bradahild. So Eric's children were Leif, Thorvald, Thorstein, and Freydis. Freydis married a man also named Thorvald, and they farmed at a place named Gardar. Freydis married Thorvald because of his money, which is lovely. So when Bjarni arrived back to Iceland with his goods, he heard of his father's departure and decided to go after him to Greenland. His men went with him despite their lack of knowledge or experience with the Greenlandic Sea. They traveled for three days and were lost for a bit. After a few more days, they spotted lands. However, Bjarni had a feeling they did not find Greenland, but another land. They sailed a bit closer. The land they found had small hills and were covered with forest. They sailed for two more days in search of Greenland, but found another place of land they suspected was not Greenland because there were no glaciers. The lands was flat and wooded. His men wanted to go ashore for wood and water. However, Bjarni was against the idea, um, as he believed that they were well-provisioned enough. So for three more days, they sailed back into the sea, and they found a third land with mountains capped by glaciers. I guess this was also not Greenland, even though it did have glaciers, but they turned out to sea again and sailed for four more days. They came to land again, and then Bjarni agreed that this land looks like the Greenland he's been told about. They sailed until they found his father Herjolf's farm and joined him there. So father and son, Herjolf and Bjarni were uh, reunited. So Bjarni ended up staying there until his father's death and took over the farm at that point. So that was chapter one. Chapter two, Bjarni told Eric about the lands that his crew and him saw. The people thought it weird that Bjarni didn't want to explore the lands and thought he lacked curiosity. So Leif Eriksson eventually purchased Bjarni's ship and assembled a crew of 35 men. Leif asked his father Eric to lead the crew to the new lands, 
Eric was reluctant to do so due to his age. However, Leif convinced him. On the way to his ship, however, Eric the Red's horse stumbled. Eric fell off and injured his foot, and he stated he was not meant to go on this voyage. I guess breaking his foot was a bad omen. Eric went back home, and Leif went to the ship with his 35 men. A man's name, Tyrker, was one of the men on the ship. He was a, quote, southerner, in this case meaning he was German, or at least he spoke German, or he was from the land that we now know today as Germany. Um, so the men set sail. They eventually found the last land that Bjarni saw. They came ashore, but they didn't see much except for a large stone slab that went from the glaciers to the sea. Leif made a comment about how he, at least, unlike Bjarni, set foot on the lands. He then named it Stone Slab Lands, which we uh, discussed this location last week, but I also think it's funny here that Leif didn't get lost on his uh, on his search for North America, but he actually sought it out, and he made a little joke at Bjarni's expense there because Bjarni decided not to set foot on North America. If that was the case, um, if he did, maybe in Reykjavik, there'd be a statue of Bjarni in front of a church as opposed to uh, Leif Erikson. So they returned to their ship and sailed again until they found a second lands. They went ashore again, and the land was flat and forested, and so they called this Markland, which means forest lands. They went back to their ships again. They sailed for two more days and found an island north of another piece of lands, and they went ashore. They found dew on the grass and tasted it and thought they have never tasted anything so sweet. They once again returned to their ships. They sailed in between the mainlands and the island, and they eventually got stranded at a low tide. When the tide rose, they went into a river until they found a lake and cast their anchors. They went ashore and made the decision to set up camp and remain there for the winter. They found salmon in abundance, the, uh, the largest of which they have ever seen. They also noticed that the weather seemed more temperate than Greenland or Iceland, and that the days and nights were much more equal in length. For those that have been to Iceland, the length of days and nights vary greatly depending on the time of the year. Um, so I was there in December 2019, uh, right before the COVID outbreak, actually, and the days were about five to six hours. Um, but in the summer, there's like 24 hours of daylight. So anyway, the Norse made their houses when Leif decided to eventually split up the group, as in one half would stay by the houses they built and the others would explore. Leif made a point to spend time with both groups. The story then mentions that Leif was a large, strong, and wise man, and a man of moderation. I'm going to make a joke here about the Havamal virtues, which I think one of them is moderation and uh, just an overall balance approach to life. So chapter three. One night, the Southerner, quotes, Tyrker went missing. Leif was upset and scolded his men for letting Tyrker, he's actually a man that he had fatherly affection for, Leif refers to him as a foster father, he was upset that the men let him get lost. Luckily, only a short while later, they left camp and Tyrker approached them with excitement. Tyrker was so excited, he accidentally spoke German to the point where he realized that nobody understood what he was saying. He then switched to Old Norse and mentioned he had found grapevines and grapes. He knew this because they were in abundance where he was from. Again, possibly modern-day Germany. Or maybe East Francia or Saxony or something like that. Um, you know, obviously south of where Scandinavia it is, but in still like in a relatively like northern part of uh, Western Europe. So that night, Leif made plans to have his men pick the grapes and cut the grapevines to prepare a shipment back to Greenland. Leif eventually named this land Vinland, which means Wineland, and it sounds like a lovely place. 
they eventually left and returned to Greenland with the grapes and the vines. As they approached, Leif noticed something in the distance, a scary with men who were lost at sea. Leif went there and lent them two of his extra boats to save the men that were aboard. Leif asked who they were. A Norwegian man replied that his name was Thorir. Leif stated who he was, and Thorir asked if he was Leif, the son of Eric the Red of Bradahood. Leif said yes and invited the man on board his ship. Leif ended up saving 15 men and was then known as Leif the Lucky. Thorir had a wife named Gudrid which we find is the same Gudrid that we discussed last week. And I want to make a note here, uh, Leif saving the men was very, very briefly mentioned in the saga of Eric the Red. Uh, There are no names of who was on that ship, just that he saved the men after accidentally finding North America. So the 15 men then stayed at Eric's Fjord at Bradahlid. And at this point, Leif became very wealthy and was held in much respect. Maybe he sold the wine at very high prices. That winter, Thorgir's crew were stricken by illness. Thorgir died. At this point, there was also a great discussion of Leif's trip to Vinland. His brother Thorvald wanted to explore more of the land. Leif allowed Thorvald to use his ship. And again, this is the Thorvald, the brother of Leif, that did not play a part in the saga of Eric the Red because he wasn't mentioned at all. So anyway, chapter four, Thorvald prepared for his journey with 30 companions. They left and eventually arrived at Vinland at Leif's old camp, and they settled for the winter. The next spring, Thorvald decided to explore more on their ships to the west. They found a forested area next to white beaches and many islands. They found no animals or other men with the exception of a wooden grain cover. They eventually headed back to Leif's camp in the autumn. So the next summer, Thorvald went to explore the country to the east on his ship. They eventually ran into stormy weather and were driven ashore and crashed the keel of their ship. Thorvald raised the broken keel on the land and called it Kjarnarnes, which is keel point. We also discussed this place last week. They continued traveling east and entered the mouths of the next fjord, which was covered with forest. Thorvald went ashore and stated his intention to build his farm there. However, when they turned back to the ships, they noticed three hide-covered boats with three men under each of them. They divided themselves up and managed to capture all of the men but one who escaped with his boat and they killed the other eight. On the way back from the ship, they noticed far away there appeared to be other settlements, um, which again, the Native Americans. In this story, um, the aggressors were clearly the Norse. They decided to kill the eight men in cold blood without knowing anything about them. So they went to bed that night at their settlement, but were awoken by a voice that demanded they leave if they wished to save their lives. A vast number of the hide cover boats were approaching, and they were coming fast. Thorvald set up defenses on the ships to defend themselves as needed. However, thought better of actively pursuing an attack on the natives, so he did attempt to leave in his boats. They were able to escape successfully despite the arrow fire by the natives. Well, everybody except for Thorvald himself, who took an arrow under his arm. He knew of his imminent death and urged his men to escape the lands, though he asked them to bury him at the farmland that he liked. He asked them to mark his burial site with a cross and name it Prasenes, which means cross point. So Thorvald dies, and his men did as he asked with his burial. They filled their ships with more grapes and vines and made their way back to Greenland. When they arrived to Eric's Fjord, they told Leif of their journey and his brother's death. So moving on to chapter five. In Greenland, Thorstein Eriksson married Gudrid Thjorburn's daughter, which happens in the other story as well. 
though here she was previously married to Thorir, the Norwegian who died of sickness after Leif rescued him. Thorstein wanted to go back to Vinland to get his brother's body, which sort of goes against his brother's wish, but that's what he wanted to do. He took 25 men and his wife Gudrid. However, travels were rough, and they only succeeded in landing at Lysufjord, which was in the western settlement of Greenland. Thorstein found shelter for his men, but his wife Gudrid and him needed to stay on the boat a few nights because they didn't have enough shelter, or they didn't find enough shelter for them as well. So a man named Thorstein the Black approached them one day and offered them shelter at his place. Thorstein the Black told Thorstein Eriksson he was still of the pagan faith and that he only lived with his wife, so their stay would be quite dull. That winter, while they stayed at Thorstein the Black's place, many of Thorstein Eriksson's men died with illness. Thorstein the Black's wife was named Grimhold. She got sick, as did Thorstein Eriksson. Grimhold died. Thorstein Eriksson also died of the sickness. And note that this is similar to the saga of Eric the Red with Thorstein's wife, with the other Thorstein's wife, Sigrid, who we discussed last week when Thorstein Eriksson also died. So you have two Thorsteins in both stories. One of them is Thorstein Eriksson. Then you have the wife of the other Thorstein who passed away right before Thorstein Eriksson did. So at this point in the story, two of Eric's, Eric the Red's sons are dead, Thorvald and Thorstein. Also similar to last week, Thorstein Eriksson came back to life and asked for his wife, Gudrid. He asked three times. However, Gudrid didn't answer because obviously there was some sorcery at play. Thorstein the Black had been consoling her at this time, so she asked Thorstein the Black if she should answer. Thorstein the Black told her no and eventually asked Thorstein the Undead what he wanted. The dead Thorstein Eriksson told his widow that she was fated for great things, would marry and settle down in Iceland, and that her descendants would have promising lives as well. He told her this so she could be more content with his passing. Thorstein Eriksson died again, and his body was taken to the ship. Thorstein the Black in that summer sold his possessions and moved to Eriksfjord while taking Gudrid there too. The bodies that succumbed to sickness were buried in the churchyard. And so Gudrid went to stay with Leif at Bradaklid. Thorstein the Black built a farm there as well, where he lived the rest of his days. So chapter six, a ship arrived in Greenland from Norway, captained by a man named Thorfinn Karlsefni, who we discussed earlier from last week's episode. Carl Stefni was a very wealthy man. He was the son of Thord Horsehead, who was the son of Snorri Thordarson of Hofti. Carl Stefni spent the winter in Bradahlid with Leif, and he was attracted immediately to Gudrid. Gudrid said she would marry him if she had Leif's blessing, which he did. They got married that winter. Carl Stefni was eventually convinced to go back to Vinland with 60 men and five women, and Gudrid went with him. They went with the intention to settle permanently, if possible. Leif said he would lend his old farm to Carl Stefni, but not give it to him. They arrived in Vinland at Leif's old farm and began to settle. After the first winter there, they became aware of the natives. The bull that they brought grew restless, which was also similar to the story from last week, and that frightened the natives. However, this led to an interesting altercation at Leif's camp, where the natives eventually decided to try and trade with the Norse at this point. Carl Stefni forbade his men from trading weapons. He had the women bring out milk and milk products. The natives bought the milk stuff and eventually seemed to have traded other items as well. 
After this, Carl Sepney decided to build defenses for their farm with a palisade. His wife, Gudrid, gave birth to a boy named Snorri. The natives came back and in larger numbers to trade. Carl Sepney had the woman bring out food again. While the trading was taking place, Gudrid was inside holding her son Snorri when a short woman appeared in the doorway. She was very pale and had eyes so large they did not seem human. The woman asked for Gudrid's name, in which she answered. The woman said that her name was also Gudrid. So Gudrid Thorbjörn's daughter asked the woman to sit with her. However, at this time, a great crash sounded and the woman disappeared. Apparently, one of the natives was killed by Carl Sepney's servants after the native tried to take one of his weapons. The natives dropped everything and left. The story makes note that only Gudrid had seen this woman. Carl Sefney then tried to plan for the Norse to go on the offensive, using the prized bull in battle at somehow, I guess. The Norse and natives eventually met for battle, at which a large number of natives died. Carl Sefney noticed a tall, attractive man amongst the natives he assumed was their leader. That man curiously picked up an axe he found on the battlefield and swung it at one of his men, killing him. He then threw the axe into the water as far as it would go. The natives eventually fled for good. The Norse stayed there another winter with no threats from the natives. Then Carl Sepney decided the place wasn't for them anyway and returned to Greenland. Pretty funny here where the natives pick up the axe. They they did the same thing last week, except um, they used the axe to cut wood, which very much pleased them. But then the axe broke when they hit a piece of stone with it. Here, the native uses an axe on his brethren and kills him. And then maybe in some type of anger, he throws it in the water. But it's very interesting to see when the natives pick up this axe, they see its usefulness, whether it's cutting out trees or maybe like in in a battle. However, they still don't understand it to the point where they can't use it anymore, whether they broke it or they threw it into the water or something like that. Anyway, chapter seven. As the Vinland trips were earning people wealth and renown, people planned another expedition there. A ship arrived from Norway, captained by two brothers named Helgi and Finnbagi. They spent the winter in Greenlands. Though they came from Norway, they were Icelanders. Freydis Eriksdotter met with the two brothers, and she pitched the idea of them going to Vinland and splitting the profits. She also asked Leif to give her his house on Vinland, to which he also only would say he would lend it to her. Being the sister of Leif Eriksson did not have any uh, any perks at this point when it comes to getting the house. The agreement with the brothers and Freydis was that each of them could take 30 men and women aboard their ships. However, Freydis broke the agreement by bringing five additional men, but hiding them so the brothers weren't aware of them until they got to Vinland. The brothers got there shortly before Freydis and started unloading at Leif's house. When Freydis did arrive, she had them move their stuff since she was using the house and not them. At first, the new settlers got on well enough and had games. However, the resentment grew between Freydis and the brothers, and eventually each group kept themselves. So one morning, Freydis arrived at Finnbagi's house barefoot and had him come outside. They went to a tree to speak. Finnbagi stated that he liked what the land had to offer but disliked the ill will between them. Freydis informed Finnbagi that she agreed and she wanted to leave. She meant to purchase their ship. The brother's ship was larger and she needed it for the voyage, and Finnbagi agreed. When Freydis got back home, her husband Thorvald asked what she was doing. He noticed that she had very cold, wet feet. Freydis lied, and though she did tell the truth by saying that she wanted to buy the ship of the brothers, 
She also stated that the brothers got angry and beat her for asking. She then said to her husband, he would be too much of a coward to do anything about it. She said she would divorce him unless he avenged her. So Thorvald and his men raided the brothers' houses while everybody was asleep. Freitas had each of their men killed, one by one. Freitas then personally killed the women that were left with an axe. Freitas returned to her house highly pleased. She told the men and women from her crew, however, that if they made it safely back to Greenland, then she would have anybody who told anybody what happened killed. And after what they just witnessed, they probably believed her. So Freitas and her men took the three ships with them with much cargo back to Greenland that spring. So chapter eight, Freitas returned to her farm and made sure that her companions were well rewarded. However, word about what happened did end up spreading. Freitas's brother Leif got wind of what happened, and he had three of Freitas's men tortured until they told the truth about what happened, which they did. Leif stated that he would not punish his own sister, but was sure that their descendants would suffer the consequences of her action. So meanwhile, our good friend Carl Sefni successfully landed in Norway to trade. His wife Gudrun and him were treated lavishly. The following spring, they went to Iceland. However, before he left, a southerner from Saxony, again, northern Germany, asked to buy the carved decoration at the prow of his ship. Carl Sefni refused at first, but then accepted a half mark of gold for it. Turns out the prow the southerner took was made from wood from Vinland. So Carl Sefni left and made land in North Iceland in Skagafjord. He then purchased land in Glaumbar and built a farm there. He remains there the rest of his life. Carl Sefni and Gudrid remained well-respected, and they had a great number of descendants. When Carl Sefni eventually died, Gudrid took over the farm with her son Snorri, who had been born in Vinland. Snorri eventually married, and Gudrid traveled abroad a bit. By the time she came back, Snorri had built a church, and Gudrid became a nun. Snorri had a son named Thorgir, who was the father of Yingveld, the mother of Bishop Brand. Snorri's daughter was Halfried, who was the wife of Runoff, the father of Bishop Thorlak. Bjorn, another son of Karl Sefni and Gudrid, was the father of Thorun, the mother of Bishop Bjorn. And the story ends by stating the descendants of Karl Sefni wrote down the tales of these journeys. So that's it. Um, that is the saga of the Greenlanders. I, I do plan on kind of exploring and researching this topic a little bit more and, and maybe look at the archaeological evidence of the lands that the Norse probably settled in North America. And I'd like to learn a little bit about David's thoughts of these two episodes as well, just to see like what they may mean. There's a lot of like weird things like with magic in these stories and uh, some one-off events I found interesting I'd like to know his thoughts on. But to sum it up, last week we discussed the first or one story from the Vinland sagas, the saga of Eric the Red. This week, we discussed the Saga of the Greenlanders, which discussed the uh, the Norse settlers that uh, settled uh, Greenland and then North America. So thank you very much, everyone. Have a great night.